Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Is that celery juice? No, it's not. <laughs> but I'll just tell you what's in it. Oh, I'm yes. still feeling really hungover whole. Like, I don't know why. I didn't it, even drink more than I usually would. I didn't mix drinks. It was just wine. But this has a hydrolyte ice block in it for extra electrolytes. Yeah. Coconut water, um, lime, like half a lime, Ryan and all. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, fennel, cucumber, kale. Your um, goals. Yeah. Ho- holier than now. Water. <laughs> Get me yeah. bare stars, please. <laughs> <laughs> my hungover lasted two days too. It's fucked. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Can we blame a planet? I don't think we can. I don't think we can blame a planet. I think we have to <laughs> blame our... <laughs> own inability to um, (laughs) handle alcohol to stop after a certain amount of (laughs) Hello and welcome to another episode of The Middle. I'm Jordana Levine. I'm Holzenator Azabadi. I don't know why. That is not your name. (laughs) I'm Holly Valance. I just wanted to keep it fresh, keep the people guessing, you know? (laughs) Let's try it one more time. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, never do that again. (laughs) You're like, Holly, stick with the script for at least the fucking intro. Like working with amateurs. Holly, I wish we had a script. That would probably make life more easier. All right, okay, let's, let's try it again. It. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bloopers wheel. Uh, okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Middle. I'm Jordana Levine. And I'm Holly as a party. Hey, George. Hey, Hol. <laughs> Are you interested in how my week was? I'd love to hear. Please <laughs> tell me. Talk to me about your week. Well, I actually had a really interesting week and it's quite relevant off the back of last week's conversation that we had around relationships. Oh, talk to me. So I have been, hmm, let's use the word hanging out. with a a nice fella and we actually found out this week that he um is (laughs) he just got a job in wait for it new york city well oh that's nice yeah thanks universe thanks universe so good for him so so good and so happy for him um but what it's done is put a (laughs) a definite timeline on our time together which is Mm. sorry not a timeline a deadline on our time together um which at first we were both a little bit like, oh, that's really sad. But, guys, I think I've cracked the code to a successful relationship. Oh, talk to me. Well, not, not a successful long-term relationship, obviously, but having the pressure taken off us of what this could be or if it's anything or what is this, taking all of that away because we know that he's going to leave in a couple of weeks – 
we have had the best week. It's like the relationships you used to have when you're a teenager or in your early 20s where there's no expectation and you're just enjoying it and it's fun. And the the feelings and the energy and the, like, freedom that's come from that this week has been so enlightening for me around what needs to be embodied with the more serious relationships as well, this, like, sense of play and sense of fun. And I've just been living the life this week. I'm a happy gal. That makes me so happy. And you know what? You've almost been forced into the space of non-attachment, which can be so hard to like actively pursue. So you you have no choice but to be non-attached. Yeah. And all of the beauty that comes from that, that's amazing. Oh, it's been so good. And for so long, you know, I always thought, oh, the next relationship I have to have, it's got to be the guy because, you know, I'm turning 35 this year and it's time to think about babies and all the rest of it. But, Mm. oh, God, when you take all of that pressure off, oh, so fun. So yeah, Makes me so happy. Go, girl. That's been my week. How's your week been? My week has also been really fun. It's been very playful. So one of my friends actually won Dancing with the Stars on Monday. (laughs) That is you know, insane. You hang out casually. with like real famous folk. <laughs> I'm super famous by association, guys. I don't know if you know, but I'm pretty much a big deal. No, so how I know Georgia is um, a little bit of context. My brother is a singer and he's one of the lead singers for a stage show called Burn the Floor. Mm. It's amazing. It's a ballroom dancing show. And they performed at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival last year. So I actually went over to Scotland to support him, like the amazing big sis I am. And while I was over there, I gave a number of the dancers readings. And when I read for Georgia, what came up was, you're going to be on TV, like it's going to be huge. I can just see TV big, big, big things for you. And less than eight months later, well, actually less than six months later, she was signed to Dancing with the Stars. And then a few months after that, she's won it. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, it it was an amazing, amazing thing for her to do. And she's a really good person. And and then there were two after parties um, after the show and there was an open bar and I ended up well, let's just say I stumbled in the door at 4.30 a.m. on Tuesday morning. <laughs> and then what time did we have our planning meeting, Holly? 10 o'clock. <laughs> I had three hours sleep. This is not me usually at all. But to be honest, George, while, yes, I and I never have hangovers because I, I don't often drink to the level that I drank this week, but Tuesday was a total write-off. Uh, I still had a lot of work on um but the rest of the week i've been incredibly productive and i do feel like there's something in that when we let our hair down when we play we actually are able to show up more in all areas of our life because we've taken the pressure off ourselves to be a certain way it's almost like the rules are out the window and Mm. we can just be and it felt really good this week good and i uh, it's funny you said to me on that Tuesday when we were planning this episode um that you there were so many opportunities on that Monday night where you were like oh you know what I should probably go home like it's it's almost midnight you know I'm gonna turn into a pumpkin like it's time to leave and one of your dancing buddies had said to you how often does one of your best friends win dancing with the stars like stay out you're like yes 
And it's so true. Yeah, that's all I needed to hear. I mean, there was Courtney Act in that corner over there, Constance Hall over there, all of these incredible people, and I was having a great time. So just because it was 2 a.m. on a Tuesday morning and I had to be up at 10 for our call, I'm like, actually, no, why do we set these rules on ourselves Mm. when the point of life is to have, I feel, those experiences and those stories and to let our hair down every now and then. And I I feel like a lot of the time it lends itself to this discussion around, can you be a conscious human, a spiritual human, work in health and wellness, or just be interested in it and shock, horror, gasp, drink alcohol and get drunk? It's funny, isn't it? I mean, it's what we're gonna talk about today on the show, because I I think it's a big topic of discussion and I think it's very layered. So I just wanna be quite mindful of that when Mm. we're talking about it and if what we're talking about affects you in any way know that we're talking about this from our point of view and our experience Um, and if you've had a very different experience we're completely um, open and understanding of that and if you want to talk about it in the Facebook group we're happy to do that Um, absolutely but yeah I think it is an interesting discussion because I've definitely come up against this as well Hull and I'm sitting here recording today with day two of a hangover like when did I get so old that my hangover lasts two days um (laughs) (laughs) but I I feel like um alcohol has like you said it has this stigma around it well I mean it is essentially a drug so I, I do understand that but that you can't experience um the spiritual world and the health and wellness world and still be able to go out, let your hair down and consume this drug. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time it, it could be part of it is perpetuated in Australian culture where alcohol is synonymous with binge drinking mm. and and I'm definitely not sitting here saying that I don't do that because that's absolutely what I did on Monday. <laughs> um, however, I guess it also is contextual. So a little bit of background in my experience with alcohol throughout my life is I have very, very close family members who have been or are still alcoholics. And that has shaped my relationship with alcohol significantly. So, I mean, I, I have been at the forefront of, uh, you know, three-day benders that, you know, people likely, you wouldn't expect them to be having these sorts of um relationships with alcohol so I'm talking high functioning alcoholics where you know they show up to work uh, as one person and then behind the scenes they're a totally different person I've been at the hands of emotional abuse and violence from alcohol and I can I have seen firsthand in my upbringing and in my family life the dire effects that alcohol can have on a person and also on the people in that person's life Mm. and so for me even when uh, all of my friends started drinking in high school I was always the designated driver I did not drink my first drop of alcohol at a party until I was probably 17 or 18 Mm. and even then I was terrified of getting drunk because my experience of drunk people wasn't safe 
And it really took me years and years and years to shed that experience of alcohol and recognize that just because that was what I experienced through other people didn't mean that had to be my experience of it. So I just feel like that's an important conversation to have that we've each grown up with our view of alcohol. And, you know, there are other people who, one of my best friends, her parents just would have a glass of wine with dinner every night. And that was her experience of alcohol. Mm. It's to be savored and enjoyed and paired with food and those sorts of things. So I do feel like it's not a discussion that's often had because it's such a personal experience. Yeah, absolutely. I had a very different experience than you um i don't actually even really to be honest with you remember alcohol much as a kid growing up like mum would definitely have a glass of wine with dinner and dad would have a beer on the weekends i guess i mean i remember sipping his beer at times but you know like it just wasn't it wasn't a thing it wasn't anything it wasn't any it wasn't anything um i also had quite a slow introduction to alcohol as a teenager like i i wasn't really drinking at school um, would go to house parties and would much rather drive, you know, than have mm. a drink. Um, and then <laughs> something switched in my 20s when I discovered <laughs> vodka cranberries. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah, there was a lot of binge drinking. But also I couldn't handle my alcohol like a lot of other people could and I didn't like that feeling of being out of control. So I'd get to a point and then I'd stop. Where yes, some people, me too. yeah, didn't have the off switch. But I remember I was in quite a um, tumultuous relationship in my 20s. Um, and I remember the more complicated that relationship would get, the more I would drink myself to a point where mm. I didn't remember things the next day. And wow. that was quite a pattern for me for, I would say, a few months Um, And then, so what I did when that relationship ended is I kind of went the other way and I hardly drank at all. And then there was this kind of slow progression, maybe when I hit my 30s, of really just enjoying and savouring alcohol. And that's when I just became a glass or two with dinner, out with friends, and that's kind of the extent of it. But in saying Mm. that, I I wanted to say to you, like, that night you had when you went out for Dancing with the Stars, like every now and then I have one of those nights. I actually had one not so long ago with our mutual friend, Charlie DeHaas. We went out yes. for dinner and then we were like, let's go and have a cocktail. And then and then it was like, let's have another cocktail. And then before I knew it, you know, it was the wee hours of the morning. But that is a fun story, you know, and that yes. is answering that call to play and let go and have fun yes yeah they can be some of the best nights that are unplanned and you're yeah next thing you know you are stumbling home in the wee hours of the morning or even like sometimes when I'm stumbling home at 11 o'clock at night I'm like wow that's past my bedtime but sometimes it's almost that letting your hair down and it maybe the way that you let your hair down isn't through drinking and that's okay we have our ways to do that Mm. and I feel like it comes back to the intention around why you're drinking so like what you said George there was that period where maybe you weren't drinking with the best intentions but you were able to recognize that and shift it and I know I, I had very a very similar experience when I first um, had my fatigue and it 
um, autoimmune stuff a few years ago and I was really unhappy at work and I was just really unhappy full stop. And so every weekend uh, it was going out and writing myself off, not to the point where a lot of people do, by the way. Like I, again, like you, don't like not being in control. And so I, like I've not once thrown up from alcohol ever because vomiting is one of my biggest phobias. <laughs> so anytime I felt anything of like, oh, this could be a thing, I would stop. But still, it wasn't with the right intentions in mind. Now my relationship with alcohol is, if I want to go out and have a couple of cocktails, I'll do it. But just as much, it'll be, I'll go out and maybe I'll have one drink and not even finish it. Like mm. all the time, Trent's like, do you want a gin hole or do you want a whiskey? And I'll be like, yeah. And he's like, are you going to finish it this time? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, let's just see. As if so, he doesn't love finishing it for you. We know right, you I'm love like... your gin and whiskey, Trent. <laughs> Come on, Trent. <laughs> um, but like you said, then there are those moments where one cocktail leads to a few more. And I just feel like the point of this conversation is it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you any less of a spiritual or conscious or healthy person. It's just around the way that you relate to it. Does yeah, that make sense? Absolutely. And I think that this is all... Um this is very personal and it's a self-reflection that you can take perhaps after listening to this episode because I know for me that I can stay true to myself and the um, ability to trust and believe in my own decision-making skills up until wine number two. When I get mm. to wine number three, it's not that I become a different person, but I know that I start to either not trust my value system as much or not abide by it as much. And that's fine. Yes. Like if you're okay with that, that's totally fine. It doesn't sit well with me because I don't like looking back on things with regret when I had the ability to make better choices. So I know Absolutely. now, I know now one or two glasses, fine. The other night, look, I'm not going to lie, it was closer to look we don't have to count them it doesn't really matter but... <laughs> I was like don't make me tell you how many drinks I had on Monday but I but but I felt very safe um in the environment that I was in with the people I was with um and I was able to monitor myself the whole time to see how I was feeling like checking in with myself and yeah maybe that's a control freakish thing to do but it's how I have to manage my alcohol otherwise I don't like the feeling of the next day. I don't like vibrations of regret or shame or guilt. Or mm. I will often, even after two glasses of wine, I can feel quite um, depressed the next day. Yeah, or anxious. Yeah. I, I get the anxious jitters. Yeah, and absolutely. I don't, I, don't love, I don't love that feeling. That's just not no. something I enjoy. And I feel like the awareness around that knowing that if you're going to have a big night that's okay but also being aware that how do you respond to those experiences how do you feel when you're hungover mm. and the fact that yes it does lower your vibration and i understand those who abstain from alcohol for whatever reasons i totally understand and it there is a lowering of vibration when you are drinking not necessarily in the moment because I tend to think my vibration is totally heightened when I am, you know, learning how to cha-cha and salsa under the full moon <laughs> and I have two rosés in hand. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm high vibe in there. Yeah. But the next day when you're sitting in hangover and you're inflamed and your body's not necessarily responding positively, there is a shifting of vibration. And I guess my question, George, is 
How do we counteract that if we do enjoy a drink, but also it does lower the vibrations? Um, I think I think it's like what you said before. It's having conscious awareness of the fact that that is what is going on. Do you know what I mean? It's like when we sit in the anxiety or depression or shame or guilt um, and don't give it relevance to the fact that it was because of the choices that we made yes. the day before. Do you know what I mean? Like just I know exactly. bringing conscious awareness to it. But on the vibration topic, I do want to say like, from a like being your authentic self, being in your personal vibration perspective, yeah, alcohol's gonna weaken it a little bit. Like that's just a natural part of it. It's a drug and it, it's gonna inhibit that. But mm. from an intuitive um, channeling perspective, I really do think that alcohol consumption is going to not lower your vibration, but just hinder the strength of it. So for example, when I um, run in-person events, like in-person lunar Mm. nights events, I can't drink for the days in the lead up to those events because when I do, and I've had a wine before a lunar nights before, which I'll tell you about that in a minute, but when I do, I feel like my channel throughout the evening is clouded and it doesn't feel as strong. And I don't, I don't like that feeling. I like to be able to connect with the vibrations of the people in the room. And I want the Mm. messages that are coming through and funneling through me to be really, really clear. And in that respect, alcohol, also coffee, like any kind of drug, really hinders that for me. Now, I had a Melbourne event. It wasn't the one you were at, Holly, so it must have been the year after, a Melbourne Lunar Nights event. And I was at the airport and I was running – I don't know why I was running because I just arrived. Anyway, I tripped up the stairs because that's the kind of klutz I am. And my knee within minutes was just like this big. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to survive? So I I got myself to the event. So I got wasted. So I got (laughs) wasted. No, no, no. I got myself to the event space, but I still had a few hours before the event. And I was like, I've got to put some ice on this. So I went to Mm. the only place that was open near it, which was a wine bar. And I sat down. And I was a little bit stressy because I'd had all this adrenaline running through me and um, I'd put ice in it and I'd ordered like some food and the guy brought me a glass of wine. He's like, you know, just calm down. I can see it's been a really stressful day. You know, this wine's on us. And I was like, oh, thank you, kind man. And so I had a glass of wine um, and I still had a couple of hours before lunar nights, but just that one glass. And I don't even think it was Mm. a full glass. I think he gave me a half glass. I really felt, and I wasn't drunk, obviously, but I really felt a disconnection from what is usually a very clear channel throughout the evening. 100%. Do you know what? That, That story reminds me of a very similar experience I had when I was in... Scotland last year so it's funny that we're kind of coming full circle and I was at dinner with a few of the dancers and my brother and we'd had a couple of Aperol spritzes and I brought my cards with me and they're like oh Hulk can you pull us some cards and so I was you know maybe two cocktails down pulling cards for each of them and got hit with this wall of 
absolute panic. It wasn't mm. even anxiety. It was panic to the point where I was hyperventilating and my brother had to get me in an Uber and get me back to my Airbnb. And just from reflection in you sharing that experience, George, it's like my channel was so discombobulated with the alcohol, the impact of that, my heightened energy, adrenaline, and trying to read for people. It was too much for me to handle. Mm. So interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is really interesting. So what do you think, um, like, what do you think is the takeaway for people from this? I guess what I want to communicate to people is that it is okay for you Mm. to indulge in whatever it is that makes you feel happy and light and playful. And if that is alcohol or drugs or like whatever it is that's okay as long as you have the awareness of the effect that it has on your vibration and your ability to show up as you if you're drinking alcohol or taking drugs or whatever it is to be someone else or to give you what you feel is the vibration that you need to stand in in order to feel confident or in order to Mm -hmm. show up or whatever it is, then that's something that you need to address. Address. Yeah, exactly. It's your intention behind the vice. Mm. And it's it even goes so much as like the way your relationship is with food, you know? It's your intention behind why you are consuming that and and your understanding of your authentic relationship with that vice. Because as I said, there are people in my life who cannot energetically or emotionally handle certain vices because it brings out really awful experiences in them. But just because that's their experience, it doesn't mean it needs to be yours. And again, it's a very personal relationship. So tuning into what is your authentic relationship with alcohol and how are you using it in your life? Uh, Full stop, like how are you using it? And if it's for play and light and fun and enjoyment and you can shift those lower vibrations when you know that they will arise, fucking great. It doesn't make you less of a conscious human, less of a spiritual human or less of a health slash wellness human. Agreed. All right. So, Holly, what are your recommendations for this week? Oh, I've got some fun ones this week, George, as opposed to the other weeks, which have not been fun. No, Jokes. <laughs> So I don't know about you, but I actually love poetry. Love poetry. I don't. Poetry? I don't love poetry. Don't you? No, I want to. Like, I want to love it. You want to love it. And unless it rhymes and it's Dr. Seuss, I'm sort of a bit like, "Mm." oh, I hope I can win you over with this one. So whenever I'm in the vortex and really in my zone, I write poetry. And that's where I've been lately. I've been like writing my little prose and just really getting these downloads. And I, you know, I have an Atticus book of poetry and I like R.M. Drake and, you know, I'm such a fucking cliche. However, (laughs) I stumbled across this woman and I've fallen in love with her. Oh, great. And I feel you're going to too. So her name is Brooke Solace. Brooke Solace. Brooke Solace. She's an Australian. I found her on Insty. And it was one of those moments where I found one of her pieces. Uh, someone that I followed had used one of her poems as a caption. Oh, yeah. and I was like, that is beautiful. So I clicked through to Brooke's page and then I just spent an hour, no joke, an hour reading through everything because you know what she does, George? What? She writes poetry specific to the star signs. Oh, stop it. So I swear to God. But not only that. 
her palms embody sensuality. Mm. So they're really sexy. So it's sexy poetry for each star sign. And then she does other poems in between. Yeah, it's so delicious. Have you got a poem to read me? I've got a poem to read you, but before I do, I just want to say, like, I read an uh, an hour's worth of all of her Insta snippets, and on Instagram, we'll obviously link her. Her name is The Brooke Solis, all one word, and she has ebooks that are like 70 pages specific to each sign, and it's poems and poems and poems and poems that she's channeled like from a sensual embodiment place for each of the signs. They're empowering, they're sexy, they're just delicious. I love her work. I obviously jumped on straight away and bought the Leo ebook and I'm going to end up buying the the Gemini and the Libra too because, you know, (laughs) air and um, moon and rising. So here's a little poem that I thought I would read for us all. We have moved for them too often, moved our beliefs or our style moved our manners and moved our morals. We have moved our boundaries and moved our time. We have bent and altered and sacrificed the very things that keep us alive, and yet we wonder why we're dead. Woman, if you do anything, put yourself first, your desire first, your ache first, your life first. Put your soul first and you'll see that the aliveness you were looking for was never in him. It was in you. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Solace, ladies and gentlemen. So highly recommend her series of ebooks is called Zodiac Co. The Zodiac Co. And it was about 18 bucks for her ebook of poetry. But you can also just follow her on Insta. I got real fangirly because she followed me back and I never get fangirly. And I was like, <gasps> and we've been like chatting and I can't wait to tell her that I've like shared her on the middle. Anyway, <laughs> that was first record. Uh, now, second record was a bit of a disappointment. So I have two oh. here. Because I was really excited, George, and I know you know this. I was like, George, I know what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to watch Chris Lilly's new Netflix series, Lunatics, and that's going to be my reco. And what did you say to me, George? I went, oh, um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I was like, no, 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 don't stop. Don't say no. anything. Context, I love Chris Lilly and I love Summer Heights High. It is my go-to anytime I need a laugh. Like, I'm pretty sure in my stories, I'm regularly sharing Jemay. Yeah. I love that series. So it was just a given. Like, I saw that Lunatics, which is his new series on Netflix, there was a pet psychic character. Like, that's brilliant. So good. Like, South African pet psychic, you're a genius. Yeah. I, I was also really excited. Like, I, I, I don't... I don't dislike Chris Lilly's work at all, but I, I was never like a huge Summer Heights High fan. Um, the what was the Tongan character he did? Jono- uh, Jonah. I was going to say Jonah. Jonah. I was going to say Jonah too. No, Jonah. Jonah. Um, I found that really quite offensive, and like I'm not okay. I'm not a prude, and I do like I love all kinds of humor, and but. The Jonah stuff didn't sit great with me, but I was really excited about Lunatics as well. And pets, the pet psychic thing got me really excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I can take a laugh at myself and the things I do. But, George, I couldn't make it through even the first episode. Yes, no, I neither. I couldn't 
do it. Okay, so why? So, what, what is it? What, what, what mm, was it about it? There were too many characters. They were all very, very, very cringeworthy. Um, it felt uncomfortable to watch. It felt like I wasn't, I didn't laugh. It felt like it was almost really forceful humour and there was no coherent storyline and I just got bored. <laughs> I'm so sad to be saying this. I wanted to love it, George. I know, but I also think like, and like I said, I like all types of humour. I felt a lot of the time it was just offensive. Like, yes. you know, and I, I was also... I mean, look, Netflix has come out and Chris Lilly have come out and said that this isn't the case, but the pet psychic South African woman, it felt a little bit blackface for me. Like it felt right a bit wrong. They're saying that she's not black, that she is an Afrikaans woman and she's white, but it just, I don't, I don't know, it just felt messy and not. it didn't feel clever. You know? No, it did. Like I and I, I've got to say, I I froth on Summer Heights High. I love it. I just love every every bit of it. Like I've watched it that many times. But I, I almost I was like, oh, I'll give it a, I'll give it another crack. I'll watch the second episode. But I couldn't even finish the first. I'm like, no, no, no. I have other things to do. So rather than a reco, <laughs> it's a wreck. It's a wreck. No. Yeah. I mean, Holly was very proud of that pun. We we did speak about it earlier. I did give her permission to use it. It's a very Thank good you. one. It was a wreck it's, no from Holly. It's a wreck no from me. Um, but <laughs> So what I wanted to share instead, because I know I'm meant to do too, is a book that I am reading. I'm yet to finish it. I am freaking loving it so much. Oh, good. It's a non-fiction book. You've read it. It's Jojo Moyes' Still Me. Oh, that's a fiction book, not a non-fiction Why book. did I say non-fiction? <laughs> no. It's non-non-fiction. You know which those characters aren't fiction. real, right, Holly? <laughs> Oh, crap. Fuck, I've been reading it so wrong. But do you know what's funny is when I picked up this book, so Jojo Moyes, you guys may know her as the author of Me Before You, which was also the beautiful um, movie with oh. uh, starring Amelia Clark. And that who guy. I love. Who is that so guy? Much. And that delicious man. I, I watched that on an aeroplane and, like, bawled my eyes out. Why yes. do I do these things? But I didn't know that this was the sequel. But it's, I just you know it that it's the third book, Hole. There's one in the middle. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, so there's... <laughs> you're oh, so no, I funny. read it all wrong. No, no, because you know what? I read that one and I hadn't read the first one. I'd seen the movie. And then I was like, oh, my God, I love this book. And I, then I was reading about it and it's a trilogy. That's the last book. So there's a book... Oh, my God, it makes sense. Is yes. there a book in the middle about Sam? No, the book in the middle is about life after Sam. No, Sam's the guy she's with in this book. So life after Will. Life after Will, sorry. Yes, because she's talking about all these people and characters like Lily and I'm like, who is this person? Okay, so I'm just going to make up the Sorry, screen. this is really boring for everyone listening, but that's the one set in New York, right? Correct. Yes, okay, so there's one in the middle because Will, sorry, spoiler alert, guys, Will dies in the first book. So yes. there's a book in the middle about her putting her life apparently it was quite sad putting her life together <laughs> after Will's death so wrong how funny is that because I didn't even know it was anything to do with it and then I was like oh she's talking about Louisa Clark I'm like but she was in okay I'm reading it all wrong but even so... it's still great right 
I'm loving it so much. It's one of those yeah. books where I last night I was like, I'll just read a little bit more. And then I'm like, I'll read a little bit more. And I'm like, I'll read really fast because I've got to go to sleep, but I want to read more, you know? So maybe read it in the trilogy or maybe even not. That's how no, good the book is. No, you don't have to. I mean, like I said, I didn't either. Yeah, I still it, me. I read it in uh, on the flight to London and I read it before we landed because it was just that good. Oh. Couldn't put it down. Yeah, it's delicious. And do you know what I find really ironic about this whole thing is we both missed the middle book. <laughs> That's so funny. You can't I mean, make this shit up. This really should be like uh, a red flag to the marketing department of that book that they need to put clearly on the front that it's a trilogy and like not to read that one until you've read the other two. Honestly, they, yeah, they I don't agree. They say that, but, right? But they're clearly still selling them. I wonder how many people made the same mistake. <laughs> Talk to me, George. What have you got for me this week? What's been. Okay, well, it's interesting. I've got a bit of an old school reco for my first one and then a new school reco for my second one my old school recommendation is old school because i've been recommending this for years to people um but this week it really hit home again for me so i really want to tell all the middle listeners about it and holly i'm sure you're part of this but maybe you're not there's mike dooley he runs um the i know exactly what you're saying notes from the universe right um, and Genius. basically notes from the universe are, are it's an email subscription that you sign up for and basically every day you get an email from the universe which sounds really weird but I don't know who the hell Mike Dooley thinks he is but he knows how to write those notes because every time I get one they're so bang on right and I can't tell you how many times I've received one when I'm in a funk and it pulls me right out of it and I've never yeah. enjoyed getting emails. Just don't <laughs> about yeah. anything. But when Mike Dooley's emails come through from the universe, I I just love them. So um, to sign up for that, you head to tut.com, tut.com. Um, and you basically just fill out your name and your email address. And I think maybe a few things that you're trying to manifest because sometimes... Yes, that's what you do. Yeah, sometimes they say really personal things for me and I'm like, what? Um, How do you know? Yeah, but it's I, I highly recommend it. it. There's something quite magical about it and I think he channels it um, because it's very kind of like conscious collective kind of vibe that comes through with it but it, like I said it's always really bang on so mm. that's my first reco I love that reco and do you know what I love his the way that he channels the universe because his universe speaks the way that my universe speaks like don't you reckon there it's a little bit cheeky and it's a little oh, bit like humor it's, like yeah yeah it's, really it's beautiful yeah I second that reco yeah cool um, and then the second reco I have is um, there's a new, it's not really a doco, it's just like a talk on Netflix um, from the beautiful Brene Brown and it's called A Call oh. to Courage. Yeah, mm. so most of you would have um, seen Brene Brown's TED Talk on Vulnerability um, mm. and her most recent book, Daring Greatly. So this is kind of talking about all those sorts of topics. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and like vulnerability is something that I like to think that I practice but I really realized as I was watching this doco that I don't practice it enough and I Mm. think that especially as women and women that run their own businesses and we spoke a little bit about the masculine and the feminine Mm. last episode 
very easy for us to slip into the masculine um, and have to do the things and fix the things and problem solve and not mm. f- not give off the impression that we need help or assistance or um, somebody to save us. Yes. And what really came through for me during that, I'm going to call it a documentary, I know it wasn't, but during that talk was that vulnerability is not a sign of weakness at all. Mm-mm. But what it is, is it's basically being brave and courageous yeah. and putting yeah. yourself out there. And the only risk that you take by not doing that, sorry, by doing that is what would happen if you didn't, you know, like the totally. potential that you'd miss out on. Yes. So this this recommendation is definitely go watch that because it's amazing, but it also slips into trying something new this week. Oh, I like what you did there, George. <laughs> yeah. What a segue. So, segue of the season. I mean, I'm not really teaching you something new, but I really, we spoke about, we spoke about this whole, mm. like me going mm. out and really being vulnerable, even Ooh. just for a week to see what the effects of that were. Tell me everything. I'm so intrigued by this, George. I'll tell you why. Because vulnerability, to be honest, for me, comes quite easily. Okay. Uh, it's Yeah, it's not something that I really – I'm very, very – I wear my heart on my sleeve. Might be the Libra in me, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very, very open uh, with, with everything. I tell people how I feel, what I feel, when I feel them. Um, and – so for you, I'm just so intrigued because vulnerability almost has this question mark with me where like, what does it mean to be vulnerable and how would you behave differently? So I'm so intrigued to hear how you went in circumstances where maybe you wouldn't usually practice vulnerability and how they were different. Talk to me. Okay. Well, one of the things that definitely came up for me in the moments where I was like, okay, this is your opportunity to be courageous, to be brave and to practice vulnerability was limiting beliefs and past stories and i think Mm. that this is a major thing for people right and i talk about this a lot with manifestation because it's like we go through things in our life and we make mistakes and we go through lessons so that we can learn the lesson and apply it next time it might come up yeah totally of making mistakes but sometimes what we do is we treat a new experience as if it is the same old experience when really it's different people, it's a different situation, it's a different mm. you, it's a, all, there's all these you know variable factors, but we still treat it as if we've experienced it before. So yes. for me to be vulnerable in those moments, it's like, well, hang on, are you analysing the data here properly? And mm. is this, like, what's the risk assessment of this? You totally, know? totally, yeah. How yeah. vulnerable are we though? <laughs> yeah, so what I tried to do this week was slip out of analytical jawed and slip into, are you in danger? No, wasn't in danger mm. at all this week. Can you face the fear here? Be courageous, be brave and practice the vulnerability of this. So mm-hmm. it came up a lot for me with um, some of the relationship stuff I was telling you guys about at the beginning, just yeah. allowing myself to be vulnerable in how I was feeling um, and what I chose to 
uh, I guess, share and open up about in order yes. for any kind of relationship I'm having to progress, you know? Yes. But I think, so So there was that sort of stuff happening. But the biggest thing for vulnerability for me at the moment has been with my book coming out and it's about to come oh, out. Of course. And everybody's reading it. Holy fuck. Like, yes. you've read it whole. There's a lot yeah. of big stuff in there. Big stuff Huge. that I wouldn't ordinarily share with people. And, you know, I've got my best friend who got her copy this morning and, you know, she took it off me and I was just, there was this little bit of like, yeah, don't, because she's my best friend and there's stuff in there she doesn't know. And Mm. so for me, there's this like real courageous moment when I wrote it, definitely. But now there's this courage of me standing in that while Mm. everybody around the world, strangers, friends, families, ex-lovers, current lovers are all reading it. Because it's your soul on the page. It's And that's what vulnerability is. It's the bearing of your soul and it's the tearing down of walls that we put up because of what other people might think of us. Yeah. And it's it's I feel vulnerability and authenticity go hand in hand. Like the more that you are your authentic self in each moment, the more vulnerable you are and the more you do open yourself up to criticism or other stories that we project on other people. And I feel like there's no bigger platform of sharing your vulnerable self than a book you have written about your own life and experiences, George. So that's huge for you. Yes. And I think, I mean, we will, will, time will tell with the book, obviously, but with the relationship stuff, it's like when you, well, what I experienced this week, I guess, was I surprised myself because I never let myself be vulnerable. I think it's like, you know, if you go through life for so long, um, as a single lady, um, you have to exert a certain amount of independence, right? Like sure. you, do, you need to hold yourself. You can't, you can't be vulnerable in each and every moment because you have to be the masculine and the feminine in order of to course. get through certain situations. So for me to go, Oh, I'm so, you know, I'm so used to functioning like this, but I'm just going to let all that kind of masculine, not gendered, but like masculine mm. energy go and just sit in the vulnerability of being someone who could potentially get their heart broken yes what does that feel like i gotta say guys like for me it was nothing but rewarding this week i was surprised by everything that came from me letting down my walls a little bit oh i love that so much george and is it just a matter of you just behaving differently to the way you usually would like that awareness of oh usually i wouldn't say that i'm feeling this but now i'm gonna do that no i think what it was for me and this is obviously personal experience so take from it what you will It's me going, here you are at a fork in the road or here you are at a crossroad. You can Mm. be courageous, stand in your own authenticity and the surety of who you are as a person and take a Mm. risk knowing that Mm. the fallout is not going to kill you. You know, like Mm -mm. the fallout is either going to reward you or disappoint Mm. you, but you'll survive it either way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't yeah. take that risk, you stay stuck. There's you're stuck. no you're forward in the same place. momentum. Yeah. If mm. any, yeah, you're, there's no, there's no progression. And for me, mm. I want to be moving through life with 
progression. And if vulnerability allows me to do that and for me to stand up and also hold a vibrational standard, set a vibrational standard for people around me to do the same, then that's the risk I'm willing to take, Holly Valance. (laughs) Go, George. Do you know what vulnerability also does, George? It's my little, well, not so secret. I share it quite a bit. Vulnerability is the key to connection. Mm. And so many of us are seeking connection. Where do I find my soul sisters? Where do I find my soulmate? If you are sitting in your vulnerable state and your vulnerable self, people resonate with you, people connect with you, and people see you for you because that's where you find that depth of connection. And we speak about this all the time because you're holding your authentic vibration. So you are going to call in other people who are vibrating at the same frequo as you. Mm. And then that's where your souls connect. So my my key to calling in like-minded people is to practice vulnerability, to show up in the moments that, you know, maybe aren't as sexy or attractive or funny and know that people are actually going to respond really beautifully in those moments just as much in the moments where you are shining brightly and have it all seemingly under control. Because plot twist, no one does. What? No. No one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So, yeah, uh, recommendation, go and watch uh, A Call to Courage. It's only an hour long. It's really easy to watch. Um, and then if you're going to do it, don't spiritual bypass the lesson. Go and actually put it into practice. I love that, George. I actually feel like that is so important, not just in the context of what you're like, of what's a call to courage, not just in the context of call to courage, but in the context of whatever podcast you're listening to or books you're reading or information you're absorbing. Don't spiritual bypass. What's one action item you can take away to start to implement those learnings into your life and mm. integrate? We're all about the integration, not just the, okay, what's next, what's next, what's totally. next? Love it. I spoke to um, Blake Worrell-Thompson on the Inspired Table podcast this week, your mate. I love and, him so um, We spoke about you a lot, Holly. I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but <gasps> you did come up in conversation quite a bit. Oh, I'm going to listen to it now. I, <laughs> I thought you might. I'm like, how can I get Holly to, how can I get Holly to listen? I know. No, I actually was always <laughs> going to listen to that. Two of my favourite no. people on No, no, I'm joking. But what we did talk about was Blake was saying that he's really had to pull back from uh, the learning aspect of personal development now in that he would read everything and listen to everything and do all the courses and it was just one thing after another and there was mm. no space in between to implement the teachings. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many fucking books you're reading unless you're putting no. them in to practice and I guess that's kind of what we want people to do with this podcast like we are giving you little tidbits of information and understanding them is one thing but implementing them is the work and that's where you start to notice the impact the change and you don't have to go out and do it all at once like I've got a little list in the notes in my phone George of all of your recommendations and I'm just going to work through them in my own time Mm. so this is going to be added to my list doesn't mean I'm going to go and do it this weekend because I've got other things I'm working on right now and I feel like that's important too is to recognize that one of my favorite sayings I don't know who said it is life is a marathon not a sprint Mm. we have so much time on our hands to absorb all of the information listen to all the things watch all the things read all the things there is no need to rush through it 
just as another to-do list to tick off and get done. Really sit with what you're absorbing, take it in, feel into it, implement it, and then when you feel ready, move on to the next thing. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, I think that's a really beautiful way to wrap up episode three. Yeah, girl. So if you're not already in the Facey group, it's popping off in there. So It's popping off in there, isn't it? It's popping off. We're almost at 100 members in little, like, two weeks. That's big. Is that good? I mean, who knows? Well, I mean, we have over a 1,000 listeners, guys, not to toot our own horns. But, I mean, (laughs) join us on Facey. Join us on our Insty. And just we love the conversations that are taking place because that's the thing. We're starting the convo, but you guys can continue them, right? Some of the the conversations that were – continued over that conscious relationship episode honestly have made my heart explode holly like i actually cannot believe what people took away from that um and the impact it had on their own relationships we got this great message i don't know if it was in the private facebook group or i don't know where it was but um one of our listeners was given (laughs) the green light by her husband to choose the podcast they would listen to on a road trip and she chose the middle and thinking he's gonna hate this and he loved it and they kept pausing to talk about the relationship stuff that we were bringing up in the episode and that for me like that's goals. That's yeah. goals because that's the other thing, I guess, the middle. And we're getting a lot of feedback from men, aren't we, George? Yes. Like from all walks of life. And it brings me so much joy because it's such an open discussion for everyone and anyone. And my heart is just so happy to do this in the world. <laughs> my, I mean, there is blood relation involved here, but my little 20-year-old brother, shout out to Zach. He, hey, Zach. Hey, Zach. He... <laughs> Also loved it. He loves listening to it. My 24-year-old brother-in-law also loves it. Guys, this is insane. Get your mail, get your mail uh, rellos onto it. <laughs> yeah. So good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And we're going to get better at signing off, I'm sure. But all we're going to leave you with right now is thank you and good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. Good one. What's that? From? What's that? From? <laughs> You've been listening to The Middle. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I think it's a Ron Burgundy. <laughs> it is. Thing. I was thinking it's got yeah. an- Anchorman vibes yeah, in how to do it now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.